Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we're going to be talking to you out of Romans chapter 7, where the Apostle Paul was talking to people, trying to explain to him about the power that flesh has over your spirit and the power of sin, power of death, where people live in their flesh and they try to become Christians and they try to uh, get that stuff out of them and they fight and they fight and they fight and they seem like every time they try to live right that evil is right there beside them. Well, listen, you're not the only one that has felt that way because the Apostle Paul actually put it in writing and it seemed to be so important that it was included in the Word of God in Romans chapter 7. So today we're going to talk in Romans chapter 7 about the law and sin. So Romans chapter 7 uh, verse 7, we're going to say, what shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. So the Old Testament points us to let us know if we did not have the Old Testament to read the laws and to see what sin was and to understand what wrongdoing was, we would never know that it was sin and we would just continue living in it, not even knowing that we were wrong. And that's where the Old Testament comes in and, and points us to it. Jesus said that he showed up to, to turn the light onto these things, to shine a light onto the things that we were doing wrong so that we could now correct ourselves spiritually and get rid of the sin in our life. So he says, had it not been for the law, I would never know what sin was. So he says, um, for I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. So you see that sin has showed every type of coveting. And when the commandment said, thou shalt not covet, the, the law itself allowed sin to look on that law and use that law to say, hey, now that you're thinking about what you're not supposed to be doing, let's do this. Let's do this. <clears throat> but he's, he's saying, for apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive, apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang up to life and I died. So he's saying that when he didn't know the law, he didn't know that sin existed. And he, it wasn't even in his conscience. It doesn't say he wasn't doing it. It was just saying it wasn't in his conscience. But it says sin was dead apart from the law. But once I became alive, once I, once I recognized what sin was, I was alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin sprang up to life. So just as soon as the commandment came, all of a sudden light was shined on the sin that he was committing. And then I died. I saw all the sin that I that I saw in my life. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, look at verse 11 here. People need to understand this. Uh, a lot of folks don't understand what the law did because the law is kind of like a mirror, if you will, because the Old Testament was constantly 
pointing us to a mirror to look at ourselves, to examine ourselves, to see the wrongdoing in ourselves, to recognize the fact that we needed a savior in our life to save us from our sins. We needed something different because there was no way that we were able going to, going to be able to stop doing these things in ourselves. So verse 11 says, for sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. <clears throat> so sin is what causes us to die. Sin is where our spirit was put to death because we're so, see the Bible says that sin shall not enter into the kingdom of God. So we have to, God wanted us to be able to see the sin. He wanted us to see the wrongdoing in our life. He wanted us to see where we were wrong and where we were sinful and where we did not have his spirit in our life so that we could change it to be back into a relationship with him. But look, Paul is going to tell us here that he didn't have the power to change it. So let's go on. Uh, verse 12. So the law, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Now it goes on in verse 13. Did that which is good then become death to me? Oh, by no means, he says. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death. So the law was not used to condemn us. The law was used to bring us out of our sin, to help us recognize it so we could find a way out. See, if if you don't know that you're caught in a trap, you won't start looking for a way to get out of a trap. If you don't know that you're about to die, you won't look for another route to take to keep from dying. The law was used to point us in a different direction to help us start looking for another way out. Because look here, let me read verse 13 again. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good, the law, to bring about my death so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. So in other words, through the commandment, I could see how utterly sinful I was in my nature. And it goes on in verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I, this is Paul speaking, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. How did he know that? Because of the law. He saw it in the law. I do not understand the things that I do. He's saying that I don't understand I'm a slave to sin and sin has control of my flesh and I'm living in this fleshly body and sin has control of my flesh and I don't understand what I do or why I do it. And then he goes on, listen, he sounds like a spiritual schizophrenic right here. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do that. In other words, he's saying, I know what's right now. I've recognized it because of the law. The law has pointed me to what's right, but my flesh keeps doing wrong. What The thing that I hate, the thing that the law has pointed me to hate, I'm still doing it. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good because the law has pointed me away from the things that I don't want to do. And so as it is, it is no longer I myself who do these things, but it is sin living in me. Did everybody catch that? It is Paul is saying here, it's no longer I myself who's doing these things. It's sin that's still living inside my flesh. 
For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what's good. How many of you out there just have the great desire that I want to do what's good, I want to please God in everything that I do, but it seems like every time I try to please him, something pops up and I fail him every single day. That's what Paul is saying here. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what's good. I just can't carry it out. So in verse 19, he says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but I do the evil that I do not want to do. Listen at that. This is Paul, one of the best evangelists that has ever walked the face of the earth, is saying, The good that I really want to do, I do not do it, but I do the evil that I don't want to do. Does that, that just sounds crazy, right? But listen, this thing I just keep on doing. In verse 20, now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. See, the law has pointed to him and shown him clearly that there is a sinful nature alive in this flesh that cannot be fixed by ourselves. We can't do it without the power of God in our life. And Paul has just proven it here by saying that, and he was one of the best educated men in the temple, in the law. He was trained by the best people. He knew the law. He had the picture of the law. He knew clearly what sin was. And he's, it's pointing out to him clearly that I'm doing the things that I know I can't do, but I can't do anything about it. I'm not supposed to do these things, but my flesh just keeps pushing me into it. Why? Because it's sin living in me that's doing these things, and I can't seem to do a single thing about it. So let's look in verse 21. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I find my greatest delight in God's law, but I see another law that's at work in me. Listen to this. Verse 23 says, I see another law that's working in me, waging war against the law of my mind, and it's making me a prisoner of the law of sin that works within me. So you see that sin never stops. Sin never quits trying to take control. Your flesh will never stop trying to overcome your spirit and your flesh will never stop waging war against the spirit of God. Even though you try that you pray and you fast and you read your Bible, <clears throat> you are never going to become at peace and not be attacked by the sinful nature that lives in the fleshly man. You have to battle it every day. That's why Paul said, I have to crucify myself daily. He's got to for ask forgiveness daily. That's why Jesus said that 70 times seven is 490 times a day we can ask forgiveness and get it. Why? Well, it's obvious that Paul needed it. He, there's... <laughs> It's, it's the law of sin that's waging war against the spirit inside of our mind and making us prisoners of sin. That law of sin that works within us because of failed man back in the Garden of Eden where sin came into the seed of man and it became a spiritual seed that passed on through every generation from there on out and it's still passing on. It doesn't matter how righteous you are, how long you've been a Christian, when you have children, the sinful nature of the flesh gets passed on to your children and they have to deal with it. Why? Because it's a law of sin that works within us. Now let's look at verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Paul's, 
Paul's the greatest evangelist ever walked the face of the earth. And he says, what a wretched man I am. My goodness, if, if Paul is going to call himself a wretched man, waging war between his will to do good and his spiritual uh, battle that goes on inside of his body and the sin waging war against the spirit, and he's calling himself a wretched man after he wrote two-thirds of the gospel, what does that say about us? Does it mean that you can control yourself? Does it mean that you have the authority over the sin? Does it mean that you yourself can stop it without any help? Absolutely not. I want to, so let's, let's look a little bit further in verse uh, 24. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body? Did you catch that? Who will rescue me from this body? See, we are a spirit being. When you become born again, you are saved, sanctified. You are a new creature in Christ and your spirit has been made alive, but you are in a fleshly body that is still subject to the law of sin and it gets attacked on a daily basis. And Paul is saying here, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Verse 25, look at how things change. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. He didn't say anybody else but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn over to another scripture here. Uh, Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doings. Did you catch that? The same thing Paul was saying there in Romans chapter 7. He's saying something here in Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. This is not your own doings. You've not been saved by your own doings, by your own good works, by your own efforts, by your own willpower to keep you from sinning and to keep you out from under the power of that law of sin and death. It's through grace and through faith and not your own doing, it is a gift of God. I'm going to read Ephesians 2 and 8 again. Let that sink in. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doings. You have no power over doing it. You can't do it. You don't have the ability to. It is a gift of God. Paul has got this nailed down to a science when he says, I find this law at work at me, and although I want to do good, evil's right there with me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And he says in verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. There was no other name in this world that can deliver you from the power of sin and death except for Jesus Christ that was crucified on a Roman cross and he died for your sins. He took your penalty for death and he nailed it on that cross and he went into your grave. He went to hell and took the power of death, hell and grave from Satan and he rose again on the third day and he was resurrected by God's omnipotent power and you through faith enter into Christ, the resurrected Christ, not the dead Christ, not the one that was hanging on the cross Christ, but the one that's resurrected and living right now, sitting at the right hand of the father, forever being an intercessor, an, an advocate, a lawyer. He's our, our attorney, always speaking to God the father on our behalf about 
I am the one that has set him free from that law of sin and death that he's fighting. He's one of mine. He has faith in me. My blood covers his mistakes. My blood covers her sins. That's what we have to believe in. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord, not my own efforts. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. My goodness, that's where we have two laws working in us. And that's where it seems like all the time, if you beat yourself up about failing, if you beat yourself up about making mistakes, and if you're all the time getting so down and depressed and disheartened because every time that you think that you have just got yourself on the road to being a good spiritual Christian and you feel like you got your life in order and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, why did I do that? Why did I just make, what happened to me? Yesterday, I just seemed to be praising the Lord. I seemed to have the Holy Spirit all over me. I just seemed to feel like his anointing was all over my house, all over my car. All around, Everybody around me was recognizing the Holy Spirit. I seem so strong spiritually now. What happened? Look what I've done. Well, the Bible's telling us right here in my sinful nature, this body. Look, I want to take you back to... Romans chapter 7, verse 24. Everybody get this in your spirit. Romans chapter 7, verse 24. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body. Everybody needs to get that word body that you live in. You are a captive in a sinful nature body that was born from sin, seated into sin without cause, without you having anything to do with it. And it is subject to death and that body will pass away. It will decay and it will not be anything other than a sinful nature until when Christ comes back and resurrects it and puts you on a new spiritual immortal body that is not under the law of sin. That's the only way your body is not going to combat you in your spiritual walk is when you are resurrected in a resurrected body and put on an immortality. And that's the only time you will never have to fight and deal with sin. And that is the only way it's ever going to be happen. He has told us over and over and over in this chapter that the sinful nature that's in our flesh will always battle us. And who's going to rescue you? None other than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so what he says is get rid of all of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. There are some things that we can fight off that the word of God will help us to fight, that will help us to keep away from, that will help us by the reading of God's word to change things in our nature and to get rid of things so that we are not living like we used to live. That's an obvious thing because when we renew our mind in Christ, the things we're putting into our head, into our mind, through the word of God as we read it and as we pray, then our mind changes and the things that we do change. But there's always the opportunity that this flesh is going to be desiring the things that you used to do in the flesh. And the flesh is going to trick you. It's going to deceive you. It's going to lead you back. And it's going to cause you to stumble from time to time. And that's what Paul is talking about right here. What a wretched man I am. I have no control over this flesh. I just can't seem to stop it 100% of the time. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Who will rescue me from this wretched body? Thanks be to God.
who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has admitted that his flesh is a slave to sin, but his mind is a slave to God's law so that he understands the power that the flesh has over us. But thanks be unto God that Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me, and he's got his blood over us through the faith in his death, burial, and resurrection, and we can go to the Father through Jesus Christ and have forgiveness for those things. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of our wrongdoings from our mistakes and from our failing because Jesus Christ himself was in this fleshly body and he fought the fleshly body just like we do. And he said, you're not ever going to go through things that I have not already been faced with and I understand it and I talk to the father about it and I intercede to him about it and I'm the one that gets you your forgiveness from the father. That is a wonderful feeling for us to know that we can, even though we seem like we are spiritual schizophrenics at times, having two natures, having two lifestyles, two personalities in our life, we do. A Christian has their Christian personality and then you have that sinful personality that we have to crucify on a daily basis. But thanks be unto God that Jesus Christ can deliver us from that, set us free from that and have us walking in righteousness. And it's his righteousness, not our own. It's through his works, not ours. It's through the grace of God, that free gift that he told us in Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing. It is simply a gift of God. And that gift was Jesus Christ dying on that cross to save you from your sins. And through faith, you can receive his death as your penalty for your sins. You can receive his resurrection as your new birth in Christ. And your eternal life in him depends on that faith. Now, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to receive him because it's so important for everybody on the face of the earth. He says that I do not will that anyone should perish, but everyone should come into the knowledge of me and receive eternal life through Jesus Christ. So if God is tugging on your heart this morning, I want you to pray with me. I want you to get down on your knees where you're at, bow your head. I don't care if you're in a cornfield, if you're picking wheat, or if you're cleaning clothes, whatever it is you're doing. If you've got a broom in your hand, put it down and ask God to let Jesus Christ come into your life. Ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior and believe in him through faith that God has raised him from the dead on your behalf so that you can have eternal life through him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you have shown me where my sinful nature is. God, I thank you that you have provided a way for me to escape the penalty of my sins. And that way is Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask him into my heart right now. Through faith in him, I believe that he died on that cross to save me from my sins. I believe that he was buried and on the third day you rose him from the grave. You resurrected him with your glorious power. And through faith, I can enter into him right now and receive him into my heart and I can have salvation and have his righteousness through faith in him right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe that you've raised him from the dead. I believe that your word is true. I believe that your word says that right now that I am saved and I am a new creature in Christ and I have eternal life in you. Amen.
Praise God, if you prayed that prayer, and if you've understood what I've preached to you today, what I've taught you in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit tugged on your heart and led you through that prayer with me, and you've prayed it sincerely, I believe with all my heart that the Bible says you now have become a new creature in Christ. You are a brother or a sister with everybody else that is believers, and you now have a position in the family of God. Praise the Lord. Listen, if you've asked him into your heart, I want you to email us fast to faith at outlook.com and let us hear about it. Let us rejoice with, let us pray for you in your new walk with Christ. Email us and talk to us, ask us questions so that you can understand what's next in your new journey in life so that we can kind of be beside you and help you through this. Praise God. That's holding fast to faith at outlook.com. So, uh, listen, I've enjoyed having you with us today. I hope this word has sunken down in your spirit and I just praise God for you and uh, thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Hello everyone. I want to talk to you just a second about how important it is to get your daily diet for your spirit through the word of God. I know that we put a lot of podcasts out there and we're giving you a lot of the word, but if you don't have a copy of the Bible, you need to find yourself one and start reading it on a daily basis. There's nothing more important for your walk with Jesus Christ than reading the word of God every single day. If you don't have one, find you one and get out there and start reading the word of God. It is your spiritual food. Thank you.